0: Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, Thank you for having us on another Wednesday night. It's a night of service, Wednesday night, like we always have, Word of Faith Global Ministries. Uh, I want to just thank you for having us and just uh, thank you for starting to share this message, as I know that most of you do that uh, every Wednesday as well as every Sunday when we come for our teaching and our preaching. So I appreciate that so very much. I appreciate you connecting with us on a weekly basis and uh, waiting to hear what the Lord has to say for every single one of us, for the church, as well as all of us individually. So I just want to thank you for that. Um, We can't thank you enough for joining together with us. I know that our uh, faithful family members from Word of Faith Global Ministries are always online, and uh, it's so appreciated when you all share the message as well on social media with your friends and your family. I don't want to take up too much time uh, today with regards to announcements, but I do want to just mention that we are open for service on Sundays, and our church service begins every Sunday at 10 in the morning, and you're more than welcome to come. Wear your masks, and we are going to be completely safe. Uh, so come and, and join us and fellowship together with uh, your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And uh, we come online basically at around uh, 1045 uh, every Sunday morning. And we have several other um, services that we have going on uh, throughout the week as well. And you can uh, log on to wordoffaithglobal.org. That is Word of Faith global.org. And uh, right there, you can find all sorts of links. You can find our entire library filled with messages, messages that we've given online, messages that we've also given at service. So you can find a whole library with all of our series and uh, everything that we have shared with our congregation. It dates back many years, as a matter of fact. So feel free to use our website at wordoffaithglobal.org. Right there, you can actually even click on YouTube or Facebook, and it takes you right into our social media accounts as well. And you can watch us online like you are doing right now. There's a giving tab as well that is safe to use. We use a Christian organization. And uh, we just want to thank you in advance for your sowing of seeds and your tithes and your offerings for those of you that do that online. So we appreciate you for logging on This evening praise the name of the Lord. I want to also mention that we started our August series entitled the archer and his arrows, the archer and his arrows. And it has been thus far a very phenomenal uh, series. Uh, and the pastor kicked it off at the beginning of this month. I gave a message last month, I mean, last uh, week, and it was very powerful to God be the glory. The Holy Spirit moved. I know that... um, Several uh, gave their lives to the Lord, to God be the glory for that. Praise the name of the Lord Most High. Hallelujah. That, you know, that's the aim. That's the ultimate goal is for those that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they would come to have a relationship with God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ. So, if you're joining us this evening and you are maybe on the fence and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, or maybe you're seeking answers, you're wanting to know what's next in my life, or I don't have any, um, any, uh, 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 avenue or any any I don't know where I'm going I don't know what to do I need wisdom I need understanding and, and you really don't have that close relationship with God I'm here to invite you this evening don't tune out from this message and I want you to get to know Jesus because he loves you he is so passionately in love with every single one of us that he gives us time and time again opportunity for us to get to know him amen so don't tune out uh this evening if you're joining us and maybe you're saying what is this message going to be about i'm here to tell you this message is for you so stick with it stay on because god has a message for you this evening praise the name of the lord and i want you right there before we begin i want you right there to pray and just say heavenly father I want you to use me. I want you to show me what it is that you have for me, even through this message that I'm about to hear this evening. In your name, I pray, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So again, thank you so much for... Joining us this evening, Pastor and I, uh, Pastor sends his love and Pastor and I are constantly praying for you and lifting you up before the throne of grace and we uh, speak blessings of the Lord upon your life each and every day. Amen. Last week, I want you to uh, remember that we covered the first part of the message to the church in Sardis. Now, for those of you that don't know, we are in this series of The seven churches in Revelation. Jesus actually spoke to the pastor of each of these churches, these these large congregation in Asia Minor back in New Testament days. And it was a revelation uh, that John received of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus begins by uh, giving John a detailed message to send to the churches, the seven churches in the book of Revelation in Asia Minor during that time. And I want you to know that it has just been an outstanding and and magnificent uh, study. And and for those of you that have started from day one, from the message to the church in Ephesus up until now, and you might see that on your screen that we are actually in part seven. That doesn't mean that we're over and done with. It's the seven churches and that's it. No, we're only in... um, uh, Sardis, the message to the church in Sardis. And the reason that it's part seven is because in the church to the message to the church in Pergamum, we needed to do that in two parts. It was just so full of information that we had to do it in two parts. And last week we began. Uh, with Sardis, the church in Sardis. Uh, But what happened was that there was, again, so much information that we had to make it into two parts. Thus, today is the continuation uh, and the conclusion, if you will, of the message to the church in Sardis. So, Moving ahead, next week we're actually going to be covering the message to the church in Philadelphia. I'm going to remind you at the end of this service, I don't want you to miss next week. Next week it's going to be, it's just going to be so Encouraging for every one of us. It's going to be so powerful. So, I don't want you to miss part eight of the seven churches in Revelation because we're going to cover the church in Philadelphia. And lastly, we're going to cover the church in Laodicea. And I don't want you to miss that because I'm telling you, God has a word for every single one of us today in comparison to what He had to the churches in Asia Minor back then, he is still speaking to us today. And every single one of these messages that we've been giving, we've been giving on Wednesday night. So if you're with me, and if you're ready, I want a big resounding amen. I want to kind of like try to even picture you saying that. And I know that you are all there on the screen. And You're probably trying to finish up your evening, but I want you to lean in again tonight because God has something for every single one of us. So remove all the distractions from you. Today, we're concluding with part two. Uh, Something I want to say that we mentioned last week, and this is important, Uh, Last week, we mentioned uh, the 40 days of Teshuvah. For those of you that joined me last week, or maybe have heard the message throughout the week, um, we talked about that we are entering a season, uh, a season of repentance. And uh, it, it's observed beginning August 21st. Now, hear me. I don't want you to think or dismiss this because it might uh, sound like something too Jewish or too Hebraic. I'm here to tell you that uh, our, our roots are from, uh, from uh, Hebrew, from uh, the Jews. Jesus himself was a Jew. And so we need to understand that these seasons, especially now these fall seasons, uh, Feast that we're entering into, we need to really understand what these fall feasts are about. But this season, um, this um, time frame that we are entering in is called Teshuvah, and it is a season of repentance. It is for 40 days. And I want you to mark this on your calendar because it is vital for us to understand. It begins August. 21st now this is a very important season that we're entering in and we as born again believers must be made aware it is a 40-day cycle or season called Teshuvah, which coincides with the fall feast of Rosh Hashanah, which is the feast of trumpets, and it climaxes on the Day of Atonement, which is Yom Kippur. Now, I don't want you to miss that. We're um, going to be entering uh, a time of fasting and praying. Now, I want I want our church at Word of Faith Global Ministries to listen up, and for those of you that are not part of our church, also to listen up. But uh, we always begin the year... In January, the Gregorian calendar year with a 21-day fast. Those of you that have been a part of our church for many years understand this. This is a norm for us. But I want you to know that we are going to be entering a time of fasting for 21 days, fasting and praying for 21 days during this time, this season, this cycle of Teshuvah. Now, I want you to understand that more information is um, going to be coming out to our church body, those of you that are church members of Word of Faith Global Ministries. So I want you to be on the lookout um, that, so that you can participate along with us. Now, we're not standing alone in this. We are actually joining together with um, uh, uh, ESYF Church, And we're also joining with Horizon International Ministries, and we're joining with many other churches that are going to be joining with a 21-day fasting and praying. I don't want you to miss it, and it starts August 21st. Now, I want to direct you to uh, watch... Tomorrow, jot this down in your reminder on your phone, tomorrow Pastor Marsha from uh, ESYF Church is going to be giving a detailed message on Teshuvah. So I don't want you to miss it. And you can catch that at ESYF esyf.org. And she's going to be giving a very detailed message on this season. And I really don't want you to miss it because it's going to be a blessing to every single one of us. And I'll go ahead and I'll share it with our church body when uh, that happens. But I want us to go tonight to the book of Revelation as we have been doing all of these weeks. And I want us to go to chapter number three. And <laughs> believe it or not, we are uh, only in chapter number three because um, we have taken our time with this. Amen. We've actually been uh, doing Uh, such detailed uh, descriptions of every single one of these verses, and it's just been coming alive to us. But I want us to get to Revelation chapter number three, verses one through six. So you can highlight that or start writing that in your journal. Now today, however, I'm going to read it to you from uh, the Kenneth Wiest New Testament Bible. Uh, and I want to show this to you. This is um, uh, a Bible that I, I very much refer to many, many times. It's called the Kenneth Weiss New Testament Bible. And I want you to understand where this, what this Bible is about. It is actually an expanded uh, translation which follows the Greek order of words in a sentence. Uh, what it does is that it places the emphasis where the inspired writer put it and brings out the style of the original text. So uh, it's very rich uh, when when you read the Kenneth Weiss um, New Testament translation. And so we begin here. And as I read it, you're going to you're going to be able to tell. Uh, a little bit of the difference with, um, with uh, the style of, of the way that it is written. Uh, so if you want to listen and then jot it down in your uh, Bible, that's fine as well. But beginning in verse number uh, one in chapter number three, again, this is a message from Jesus Christ to the pastor of the church in Sardis. And it says, and to the messenger of the assembly in Sardis right at once. Right at once. These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know with absolute clearness your works that you have a reputation that you are alive and you are dead. Be becoming watchful and alert and stabilize at once the remaining things which were about to die for i have found no works of yours that have been brought to a state of completeness in the sight of my god wow those are very strong words right it says be remembering be remembering therefore in what way you have received the truth as a permanent deposit look how look how rich the the description of these words are in this translation be remembering therefore in what way you have received the truth as a permanent deposit wow i could stay on that for a little bit and in what way you heard it and be safeguarding it and have a change of mind at once in other words repent at once if then you do not watch I will come like a thief and you will by no means uh, know what kind of an hour I will come upon you. Then he goes on to say, but I have a few names in Sardis who did not defile their garments and they shall walk in fellowship with me in white garments because they are worthy. He who gains the victory Shall in that matter, manner be arrayed in white garments. And I will positively not erase his name from the scroll of the life. And I will openly confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear at once what the spirit is saying to the assemblies. Isn't that beautiful and rich and full of Uh, live words, alive words that are found in this translation of the Bible. I absolutely love reading from that. I I would have, if I didn't have my notes before me, and I know that God wants me to go over so many things with you tonight, but if I wouldn't have had that, I would have actually started to depict some of the words and some of the phrases that are in this translation because, because they're so rich. Now, what I want to do, and I'm not, I'm not going to go over it in great length. However, I want to go over um, some points that were discussed last week, so that it can make a way into how we're going to go ahead and start the message tonight. But again. Ah, uh, discussing some of the points that we talked about last week, despite the spiritual darkness found in Sardis, the city of Sardis, and in the people of Sardis, many people got saved. And so, as a result of that, a church was planted which had a lot of success. Much success was in this uh, church it became a uh, uh, very reputable. It had a reputation. It was alive. It was fervent at one point in time. And uh, it was a very positive and good church, a very successful church. We talked a little bit about King Croesus uh, or Croesus, uh, the way that it's spelled, but the way it's is pronounced is Croesus. Uh, So King Croesus, uh, and we talked a little bit about who he was and how he obtained his wealth from the River Pactolus. We talked a little bit about the River Pactolus last week, and we realized that there's a legend with King Midas connected to that. And so that was kind of interesting. And uh, many people believe that King Midas was uh, was a legend. He wasn't a real person or a real king, and actually he was a real king. Now, legend has it that he prayed to the gods, and he got the Midas touch, and everything he touched turned to gold, that's all, you know, uh, legendary, however, it was very interesting how um, King Croesus actually uh, got his wealth from the river Pactolus, which connected into Sardis, now, the people of the city were very proud. We discussed that. Uh, they were pompous people, and they felt they were, they were so secure of their city. They were so secure, and so uh, they had a false sense of security, if you will. They thought that they were fine, that nothing was going to happen to the city. They, as a matter of fact, they thought that their city was impenetrable. But what they didn't realize is that there were cracks in the foundation and in the walls. There were cracks. And we talked at length about that last week. I'm going to encourage you, for those of you that did not see last week's message, to tune to last week's message. Now, this is something that was also happening to the Christians in Sardis as well. And Jesus spoke very, very strong words as we read here in the scriptures to the the church, to the Christians, to the born-again believers in Sardis, in this church. Um, Jesus yet again comes with a serious rebuke. We see that in Ephesus. We see that in Smyrna. We see that in Pergamum. uh, And we see that here in Sardis. Um, This church thought that they were still alive and well. They thought that they were perfectly fine, that they were still reputable, that they still had a great reputation. So they had, in a way, in a sense, they were going about the status quo. They thought everything was fine. God is with us. We're okay. Nothing is wrong. But Jesus actually tells them, as we read in Scripture, that they were spiritually dead. And I don't know about you, but that causes an incredible... uh, tremor in my, in my in my being just uh the thought of uh, anyone or us ever thinking that we are in the status quo we are fine with god everything is cool everything is fine and dandy and then we see here that jesus on the other hand has something very different to say he says that this church was spiritually dead and god forbid that, that Jesus would ever think that of any of us. Amen? So this is why it's so important for us to be on the alert, for us to continuously work in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ on a daily basis. We've said it time and time again. I will continue to say it until I'm blue in my face forever and a day, until Jesus takes us in the rapture. But I'm here to tell you that we say it over and over and over again. It's vital to have a close relationship with Jesus Christ on a daily basis. One Sunday in and one Sunday out will not do. One day yes, three days no, five days no, six days yes, it will not do. It doesn't work in a marital relationship, amen? It just doesn't. So why would you think that if it doesn't work in a marriage, uh, that it would work in our relationship with God? Amen. So he goes on to tell them to wake up. Wake up. And what's interesting about these particular verses here is is Jesus tells them twice twice to wake up. So he's, he's trying to get their attention. And Jesus, this day and age is trying to get the attention of the church. And he's trying to tell us to wake up and he tells them to repent lest he comes to them like a thief in the night. And that's pretty much where we had left last week. But I want to go over here that there are, Five commands given by Jesus to the church in Sardis. And here here are the five commands that he gives them. And I want you to make note of that. If you're uh, a note taker, I know that there are some uh, students of mine out there that are constantly taking notes. Um, Martha's one of them. Martha Matias is constantly sharing with me her notes. And I praise God for that. Because you can go back and, and read them for yourself and study them for yourself. But the five commands Jesus gives uh, here to the church in Sardis is he tells them, be watchful. Be watchful. He tells them, wake up and strengthen the things that remain. Those good things. Those those things that you've been taught. Those things that, that still remain in you. Be sure that you strengthen them. You know, lest. Lest they die like what I'm talking about with these other folks. So wake up and strengthen the things that remain. That's number two. Number three is remember your teaching. Again, remember the things, remember the good things that have been taught to you. Remember the truthful things from the uncompromised word of God that have been taught to you. And I'm telling you uh, for this listening audience that is out there tonight and those that are going to be listening listening to it in the future, be, be remembering constantly, constantly, constantly. Remember the teaching. That, remember the type of teachings. Remember the uncompromised word of God. Remember the teaching of the Holy Spirit in your life. Be remembering that. That means that continually be remembering that. That is a continuous word. Continue to remember your teaching, hallelujah. So that's the third thing. The fourth thing is to hold fast. So picture, picture a a, uh, a your t- b- picture that treasure, uh, a chest of yours that 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 teaching, that truth, that good word, uh, that that unspoiled word of the holy spirit in your life to hold fast to that just hold fast hold strong and don't let it go so hold fast hold fast and the other command that jesus gives here is to repent and i'm telling you what we have been talking at length about repentance Over and over again, and I find it absolutely fascinating, God's timing. If you notice, God has such accurate, for the lack of a better word, timing that God's timing is always so perfect. We sometimes say that in a flippant way. Oh, God's timing is perfect. Oh, God's, it's all in God's timing. It's all, and it is true. But if you really think about that and you really begin to analyze some of the things that have happened in your own life, Maybe some of the things that have happened in our nation or whatever, and you see God's hand in it all, God's guidance in it all. It's absolutely amazing. The reason I say that is because we are now entering into this season of Teshuva, this season of repentance. And ever since we started with the seven churches in the book of Revelation, they've had that Common denominator of repentance. Jesus is calling the church to repent. Repent of the evil ways. Repent of the um, uh, uh, the evil doctrines. Uh, the false prophets. Uh, the spirit of Jezebel. Uh, there just was so much that Jesus was talking to the each and every one of these individual churches, and he's talking to every single one of us here in this season, in this time of our lives, in this year, in 2020, and he tells us as well, repent, repent, come to a season and to a cycle of repentance that I may hear from you. And, and it goes all the way back to scripture in, in Old Testament times as well. Jesus talks about it as well. Jesus talks about it here in Revelation to the church in Asia Minor, and he's telling us here today we need to be in a humble state and in a state of repentance. How interesting that his timing just entered into this season as we're entering into Teshuvah, as we're studying the seven churches in Revelation. I don't know about you, but that just kind of like gives me such... uh, joy if you will it just it just gives me a joy in my heart to know that god is in this it's not that oh pastor i just wanted to talk about the seven churches in revelation and oh how cool is that we get to learn a little more no is that god's timing is perfect hallelujah praise the lord well that you know i'm just telling you that it just it just tickles me that god would use us in that aspect amen so going back to this, when Jesus warns them that he uh, would come to them uh, like a thief in the night, remember we stopped there last week and we talked at length about that as well. Uh, for those of you that that may not have heard that, but a thief in the night, this did not refer to Jesus' second coming. And you know we might get a little a little confused because w- uh, what um, Jesus was saying here is that he would be sending. Sudden judgment upon those in Sardis that would not repent. Did you catch that? He would come like a thief in the night to those that haven't repented. So in other words, he was saying, if you don't repent, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. And I'm going to come suddenly with judgment. And so he tells us that today to his body, to us as born again believers In the Lord Jesus Christ. So, once again, I do encourage you to review last week's message. So, if we pick up here on verse number four that we just read, uh, Jesus here is clearly aware of those in Sardis who haven't submitted themselves to sin and compromise. Uh, so he 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 focuses his attention here. He says, but you have, a, I'm, I'm going to read this part here from the New uh, American Standard Bible, uh, which is the NASB. It says, but you have a few, notice that word. If you're looking at this in your Bible, just underline that word or highlight it. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments and they will walk with me in white for they are worthy. Oh gosh, that's such a good word. But then if we read it again from the Kenneth Weast, that same verse says, but you have a few names. Notice that the, the word names is added after the word few. It says, but you have a few names in Sardis who did not defile their garments and they shall walk in fellowship. Now look at that as well. They shall walk in fellowship alongside uh, uh, as as being in communion, right? With me in white garments because they are worthy. Wow, we can really unpack that quite a bit. But what I want you to do is I want you to notice the the use of the word names. Names right after the word few here in verse four, which is repeated, if you notice again as well in in verse number five, pertaining to the name not being blotted out in the scroll or the book of life. Okay. now, once again, he's clearly stating that uh, the fact that he is watching and he is fully uh, knowledgeable of the things going on in our lives. Now, this should cause us to carefully listen, listen, church. This is causing us to carefully analyze our walk each day and to continue to strive for sanctification and holiness that we too may be counted and found worthy. I, I've, I've told our church many times when I've preached and I've taught that uh, this is one of my prayers uh, every single night. As a matter of fact, I would go as far as to tell you that I, I, I put everything in my reminder. I use my reminder app for just about everything. And and because I want to be notified in case I forget of something that is vital or urgent or important for me to remember, but believe it or not, I actually have that in my reminder—a reminder to just pray to the Lord every single night before I go to bed. I ask the Lord. I tell the Lord, Lord, may me and my family and our church, Lord, may we be found worthy. May we be counted worthy to escape wrath. And to stand before your glorious presence at the catching away. That's my nightly prayer, folks. Every single night, I pray that. So what a beautiful thing for us to be found worthy in the eyes of Jesus. But it should cause us to carefully analyze our walk each and every day. And for us to strive for, to to run after, to... Uh, run towards that mark, towards that high calling, towards sanctification, towards holiness. This is something that we need to do on a daily basis in our relationship with the Father. Amen? So this is another promise here to those who overcome. So as Jesus shifts hear his attention to those who have remained pure and passionate for him now remember we've been talking last week we talked at length of 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 the warning that jesus was giving to uh the dead side of this church and now he shifts here his attention uh to those who have remained pure and passionate for him how many of you are the, are, are the ones out there that want to remain pure and passionate? For the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. You know we we have uh, um our in our vision board up on our uh, in our church with the panels that we have. As soon as you walk in, you'll find pursue, love, and serve. And this is our our goal. This is our vision. This is what we strive for, which is to pursue God uh, above all else. And the, the word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. So for us, pursuing God is of utmost and foremost of importance. And then we have love because we want to love like Jesus loved. And then we have serve because we want to serve like Jesus served. So that that is our desire as a church. That is a desire as that has to be a desire for every single one of us that is walking alongside of Jesus for us to remain in a pure and passionate fashion for him every day of our lives. Now, I want you to notice here the word few. We talked about this in a a minute ago. The word few. In the Greek, it describes a little, a few, or a few in number. So it describes it itself. But then we come to the word soiled or defiled here in the word, which means to make dirty to make dirty, or to pollute, or to contaminate, wow, or to smear with mud. Now, I want you to understand here that this is a picture of the effect of sin and acceptance of false doctrine that contaminates a person with spiritual now I'm going to repeat that again this is this this depiction of a uh, soiled or defiled which means like I may I made mention to make dirty or to pollute or to contaminate or to smear with mud it, it's actually a picture of the effect of sin and acceptance of false doctrine that contaminates a person a person with spiritual filth. Okay, so you see what I want you to understand, and we've been saying this as of late, and we've been hearing this very much as again a common denominator in many of the preachers that uh, Pastor and I have uh, uh, allow ourselves to listen to, uh, including uh, of first and foremost our. Um, covering pastors, uh, pastors Eddie and Marsha Castillo from ESYF Church, but every uh, Bible-believing, non-compromising church seems to be saying the same thing, and which is coupled with Scripture, and that the, it, that is that there is, will be a falling away of the truth in the last days. And we see that in scripture, but you you're hearing that a lot lately, in, in in messages that we have been hearing. You're hearing that as a as a common thing, as a common thing. And I believe that the Spirit of God is calling the, uh, to our attention the fact that there will be a remnant, there will be a few of those who decide to remain faithful without allowing their garments to be contaminated by this world or by the things of this world or by negative speech or by anything that comes contrary to the word of God, amen? So those are the remnant. Those are the few that will remain. And how many of you out there want to be part of this remnant? I want to be part of this remnant, God. I want to be counted worthy. I want my uh, garments not to be soiled, not to be defiled. I don't want them to be polluted by the cares of this world or by the sin of this world. I don't want myself to be contaminated. I don't want my mind to be contaminated or sin spirit to be contaminated or smeared with mud in any way shape or form i want to remain pure and passionate for you almighty god is that is there anybody out there as well amen so despite the few in numbers i believe i believe with all my heart that this remnant will be a strong force for Christ in these last days. I'm going to repeat that because I like that sentence. Despite the few in numbers, despite the remnant, I believe with all my heart that this remnant will be a strong force for Christ in these last days. Hallelujah. I believe that a remnant is already rising up to God be the glory. That the sleeping giant that is being awakened even now and the things that have been in the past are not the same as what will be in the near future because as we rise up and take our authority in Christ Jesus listen up church we will make an impact in this world for the kingdom of God can anybody say hallelujah to that so I'm gonna say to you son and daughter of the most high God wake up Wake up. Yet again, I say, wake up and take your place as a child of the one true living God. Wake up and change your atmosphere. Amen. Get up and stand against the ungodly society and culture that your your stance would permeate with God's moral laws rather than man's laws. Can I get an amen to that? Wake up and take back your God-given authority that the enemy has held on for way too long. Make a radical change, you righteous remnant of God. Can I get an amen and a hallelujah? Praise the name of the Lord. We as the remnant, as the pure body of Christ, those that decide to not defile themselves, we are to rise up as a strong force in these latter days. Hallelujah. And push back the gates of hell, push back the darkness that wants to penetrate and permeate the kingdom of God. But we're not going to stand for it. We're the ones that are going to enter in. And when, when we enter in, the light of Jesus shines out so brightly that it casts away any darkness that might try to come our way. Can I get an amen to that? Hallelujah. That's, The way that we ought to live, that's the remnant of God. That is the few that God is describing. Jesus is describing in these verses. The few, the remnant, the strong force, the strong towers that stand with Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus states in Matthew 24 to make sure that no one misleads us and warns us That lawlessness will increase and that most people's love will grow cold. My goodness gracious, are we not seeing that? But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is a promise of Jesus. We are witnessing, ladies and gentlemen, we are witnessing these very words even as we speak. If you don't agree with me, you are living under the ground like, like a... Like just trying to get away from it all, you, you know, in a bubble, if you will, if you don't agree with that. It's incredible to see that in just a few short months, we've seen firsthand the increase of lawlessness in our own nation. And it's, it's permeating to other states. It's affecting other cities and other states. Uh, are we not seeing that? Are we not realizing that? It's affecting people's lives. It's pe- affecting people's businesses. It's affecting the government. It's a, it's affecting governmental authorities. It's affecting properties. It's affecting laws. It's affecting it all. This lawlessness is seeping in faster and bolder than ever before. You know, I was looking and I was reading an article and I was looking in the news a little bit the other day, but people are actually moving out of their states in droves. Did you know that? A lot of people are actually moving out moving out of New York, moving out of California. Uh, We've actually met uh, quite a number of people here in our neighborhood that have told us that they moved from New York. It's incredible. It's something that's absolutely demonic, what's happening. Do you, do you even realize that uh, our generation? I, I want you to understand this and I want you to try to grasp it, this. And I want you to gr- try to get a hold of this. But do you realize that our own generation is witnessing biblical prophecies coming to pass before our very eyes? It's absolutely incredible incredible. And you know, you might be looking at this message, you might be saying, no, but pastor, we've seen civil unrest in our nation before. You know, this isn't something new. And I have to say, I would agree with you. I I would not disagree. I would agree with you. However, however, not to this magnitude, coupled with a pandemic that has affected the entire world in a way that has never been seen before. It's truly historic. And what's interesting in the the fact that we're seeing all this happening all at the same time. Notice that. We've got to wake up. We need to wake up. We hear about wars and rumors of wars. We have seen explosions here and there, threats. Uh, We've seen earthquakes in various places, uh, all of which are mentioned by Jesus himself in chapter 24 of the book of Matthew. I mentioned this last Sunday uh, during uh, service about the earthquake that Pastor and I experienced here in North Carolina. And uh, I was up downstairs having my coffee, reviewing my notes at about eight o'clock in the morning uh, before going live stream on Sunday, and my house shook. I, I have never experienced an earthquake in my entire life. But it's interesting because I knew it was an earthquake. I for for a split second, I thought maybe there's construction around uh, or something to that nature. But it was very different. It was very different. There wasn't a storm. There were there were winds that that were uh, blowing the trees or anything like that. Everything was beautiful, peaceful and calm when all of a sudden the earth shook. And we felt it here in North Carolina. And, and later on, we come to find out that the last strongest earthquake here was back in 1916. We experienced this Sunday, a 5.1 earthquake here in North Carolina. And I'm telling you folks, that even though I've never experienced an earthquake in my entire life, the moment the ground shook, I was reminded of Romans 8, 22 to 23, and I jotted it down here so I could share it with you because it says, for we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pain of childbirth or birth pangs and some other uh, 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 verses uh, together until now. And not only this, But we ourselves, having the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Look that verse up, Romans 8, 22 to 23, because I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that when that ground shook and pastor and I felt it, I immediately went to the word and thought about this scripture verse. The whole creation groans and suffers the birth pangs, the, the, the pains of childbirth together until now. Hallelujah. I want you to see how that verse, those couple of verses reads in the message translation. I was very curious to see how I would read there. And I want to read it to you. It says, all around us, we observe a pregnant creation. Look at these words. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. Wow! Wow! How this message translation describes it. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah! So going back to verse four, here in the scriptures, the word garment here that Jesus mentions uh, is of great significance also to those in Sardis because remember uh, this was a very luxurious city. It was a uh, a, a wealthy city. It was a place of fashion and the people took great pride even in how they dressed so it would have been absolutely appalling for anyone to have their garments soiled or stained so this picture would have caused great concern to the people or the people in the church of sardis when when jesus makes this mention however Uh, There was a small group that didn't have their garments defiled. These faithful few were promised that they would walk with Jesus in white because they were worthy. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the conclusion of this message to Sardis actually gives us four promises to the overcomer. And I want you to jot these down as well as we try to conclude this message, the second part message of the church in Sardis. But it gives us four promises to the overcomer. Hallelujah. Number one, Jesus promises that we will walk with him in white when we are found to be worthy. Now, I want you to try to picture that in your mind. Jesus promised us that we will walk with him in white when we're found worthy. We're going to walk with him in fellowship. What a beautiful picture to see ourselves walking with Jesus in white garments. Amen. Number two, be clothed in white garments. Pretty much similar to number one be clothed in white garments. The color white is significant because it means brilliant. It means uh, dazzling. It's especially bright or brilliant from shining. In other words, without spot or wrinkle. Hmm, I think we've heard this before in Ephesians 5.27 that states, he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless, hallelujah, praise the name of the Lord. Number three, he will not blot our name out of the book of life. He will not blot our name out of the book of life. If you remember a couple of months ago, I gave a teaching on the heavenly books. And here I mention the book of life. And one of the books that I mentioned, it was the book of life. I encourage you to go back and take a look at that message. You can find it on our YouTube channel or Facebook page, or you could go to our website. Then lastly, number four, Jesus will confess your name before the father and his angels. You see, he won't be ashamed of us. He will will confess our name. You know, there's something about a name. Isn't it amazing how when someone calls your name, it's your name. It's the name you go by, the name that your mother gave you at birth. There's something about the name. But imagine for a moment, Jesus speaking your name. Oh, glory to God. What a beautiful thing. I I have to tell you that there have been many a times in my life when I have been in prayer and sometimes when I've not been in prayer and all of a sudden I'll hear my name in my spirit, I will hear my name and I will know that this was God calling my attention. I remember many, many years ago when uh, Pastor Ricky Jr. was a child. I want to say he was probably maybe nine or 10 years old. Pastor Ricky will remember this story. And it was night and we were all sleeping at, in the house. And all of a sudden, Ricky Jr. comes to our door and knocks on our door. We open the door and he says, did you call me? And we said, no, buddy, what's what's wrong? Are you okay? Did you have a bad dream? And he said, no, I could have sworn I heard dad say Ricky. So he's, you know, we... We said, no, everything's fine. You know, that that's fine. No, go back to bed. And he goes back to bed. He comes to our bedroom a second time and he asks the same exact question. And so we realized that God was calling his attention at the age of maybe nine or 10 years old. I'll have to ha- have a conversation with him one of these days. I think he'll remember uh, this story. But there's just something about Jesus calling your name. Hallelujah. There's just something so beautiful of him calling your name before the Father and his angels. What a beautiful promise. What beautiful promises Jesus has for us, for those who overcome, for those who remain steadfast and faithful to him. Amen. To God be the glory. So to conclude today's study, here are some takeaways from the message to the church in Sardis that I want us to take away and I want us to understand. We need to keep checking ourselves and be sure that we are on the right track in our relationship with the Lord. And again, like I said a moment ago, this has to be daily. Check yourself. Keep a humble heart and resist being prideful. Check for any cracks in our foundation and be quick to close it up. In the name of Jesus. This is something very important because we 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 actually covered this at length last week. So keep a humble heart and resist being proudful. Check for any cracks in our foundation and be quick to close it up in the name of Jesus. The other thing I want us to take away is to be watchful. You know, Jesus says, be watchful and pray. Watchful and pray. The Bible says that throughout Scripture. Stay alert. And stay awake. Be on the lookout. Keep the things of God that are taught to us. And strengthen yourself with them. Hallelujah. And then keep a heart of repentance. As we enter into this season of Teshuvah. August 21st. A season of repentance. Remember this message. Uh, I I would even suggest you go back to them. And you during the time of. Fasting and praying that we're going to begin a 21 day of fasting during this time of repentance. Teshuvah, 40 days of repentance. I want you to go back to these messages. And I want you to self-check and self-correct. That means to repent. Repent of anything and everything that you know does not please God. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you. Amen. And lastly, Jesus is faithful to keep his promises. Don't waver. Keep the faith. One day we will walk together with him, clothed in white and in glory together with him. Glory to his name forever and ever and ever. Listen, I I pray to God that these messages have really touched your heart and you've learned a great deal. I know I have. I know that I have um, studied Uh, revelation in the past uh, but lately it's just been even more I have just drenched myself in uh, God's presence and in the studying of this word and it's just been a blessing uh, like you can't even imagine so I pray to God that it's been a blessing to you as well I want to pray for you um tonight I want to ask if there is anyone out there that maybe you uh, want to get right with God or maybe you have never asked Jesus into your heart you might not fully understand the 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 magnitude of it all but I'm here to tell you that it is the most important decision you will ever make in your entire life and maybe you're out there and you say you know I'm not 100% sure about this you know I've I've tried uh to have a relationship with the Lord before I've tried to read the word of God and I don't really understanding what, whatever it might be that you might not understand it. But I'm here to tell you, ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. And you know, once he's the Lord and the master and the savior of your life, your redeemer, I'm telling you that your life is never the same. You will never be the same. You know, when things come your way, when, The ground might shake underneath you or storms head your way or you might have a bad report or get a bad report or whatever the case may be. You see it and you experience it in a different light as to when you don't have Jesus in your heart and in your life. I'm telling you right now, sometimes you have a peace that overwhelms you that you don't even understand it because the world doesn't understand it. We, our flesh doesn't understand it, but it's the only peace that comes from him that, that he can give us, that we can rest assured that we can rely on him. So I'm going to ask you this evening, would you say this prayer right there where you're at? Heavenly Father, repeat this, these words together with me. Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I open up my heart and my life to him now. I declare right now that Jesus is the son of God, that he came to earth and he died on a cruel cross for my sins, for my shame, for my pain, and that by his stripes, I am healed. And on the third day, he rose again and he's seated at the right hand of the father and that he will one a day come in glory And Holy Spirit, I ask you to show me how to read the word of God and to show me revelations of his word in a powerful way. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, for they have been many. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness and make me new. In Jesus' mighty name. And I'm telling you right now, if you've prayed that prayer, you believed, you confessed it with your mouth, and you believed it in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, I'm telling you that you are now a born-again believer. And angels and saints in heaven are rejoicing over you right now. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time, please message us privately. We would love to get some information out to you, and we would love to pray for you. So we thank you again for joining us tonight. I don't want to go without telling you to tune in Sunday. Pastor has a great message prepared already for you in continuation of our new series in August, The Archer and His Arrows. And I don't want you to miss next Wednesday, 8 p.m. I am super excited to bring to you the message to the church in Philadelphia. Wow. It's going to be powerful. So don't forget, next Wednesday, 8 p.m. And this Sunday, we're open for service at 10 in the morning. And we're going to be live around 1045 a.m. as well. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you soon. Take care.